Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is now called the Bible Breakdown. Some of you may have known that Dive Deeper was actually taken by, I think it was at least two other podcasts. So I figured I might as well change the name while we're early on to one that no one's currently using. I think one of them talked about art or something. So if you've accidentally been listening to those, I am very sorry. I can't imagine that would be a ton of fun. You may not think this is a ton of fun either, but you're here. So I've got gotcha. you. It's the Bible. It's better than art. So I'll take it. That's fine with me. So it is Dive Deeper has now changed to the Bible Breakdown. And thanks for listening to this one this week. This is going to be our last Bible Breakdown for the calendar year 2020. Um, we will be coming back in January. But uh, for now, uh, since we're going to be off here at Solid Rock uh, on the 27th from Kids Ministry, you'll be getting an email about that. Um, we will... I'll be doing one uh, January 3rd, but not until then. So this is the last one for the year. So um, this is going to be kind of a Christmas lesson, um, but we're going to be doing Christmas just a little differently this year. Uh, the The Gospel Project is focusing on John 1 this year for Christmas, which you're like, is John 1 a Christmas passage? Um, in the strictest sense, probably no. Um, but I'd, we're going to talk about that, why John 1 for a Christmas passage. Um, we're also going to talk about how John 1 um, relates to who Jesus is in the midst of Christmas, I guess. I'm going to kind of talk about the humility of Jesus um, in the midst of the the Christmas narrative, given this passage. And then finally, um, always try to do this um, at some point during every one, but just give us a chance to look forward to. So we call the season Advent. Um, there's another Advent coming when Jesus comes again. So just using this as a springboard to talk about that as well. So we are going to be in John 1 today. Uh, I'm not going to read too much of the passage here. Um, but for, for some of you, this may be a fairly familiar passage. Um, and you, again, may be wondering why this passage for Christmas. So um, really in this passage, what we see is John, the apostle, is giving a uh, kind of a big, like purpose statement almost for um, for Jesus coming, uh, for the Advent, for him being born um, as a as a baby and growing up and all that kind of stuff, and it kind of gives more of like the purpose statement behind it. Um, so, one thing to know about John, the Gospel, it's the only one that we do not refer to as a synoptic Gospel. Um, so John is the most unique of the four Gospels um, that we have in our Bible. Um, and John's unique in another way as well, in that John is kind of writing from a perspective um, in which almost like you know what's going to happen already, and he's going to tell you with that knowledge in mind. So when we read the Bible, uh, typically we know about Jesus' life, uh, his death, his resurrection, basically his completed work. Um, what you see in the other Gospels to a, a greater extent is almost like the unraveling of the mystery. Uh, you see it a lot in Matthew. Uh, Matthew Matthew's awesome because um, something will happen and then it'll say, and this is to fulfill the prophecy from Isaiah, which said, uh, you know, it, it does that throughout the book, which is really helpful for us um, 
as a, a non-Jewish audience, but it was also really helpful for the Jewish audience. You could say that Matthew is kind of a, um, it's often referred to as a, a book that was more geared toward um, those from the Jewish faith. And um, basically it's a defense almost of Christ's Messiahship. So as, as things unfold in Jesus' life, as Matthew recounts them, he's giving the Old Testament kind of prophecy about that and why Jesus fits the prophecies of the Messiah, which is just super helpful for, for everybody. Um, John comes at it kind of from the other direction, whereas um, Matthew's kind of building toward this idea that Jesus is Messiah and he's kind of making his case along the way and the logically it kind of ends at the end with his resurrection and his ascension. Um, we see here in John 1 that, John's kind of explicitly stating things about Jesus that um, maybe weren't weren't known by his contemporaries as these things were happening. So talking about how Jesus was, was with God from the beginning, um, that he is God, that he uh, was part of creating everything, um, all these kind of things. So John is, is writing from this perspective of you should already know who Jesus is as you read this and read it through that lens. So uh, because of that, John... Um, is a is an interesting read because we it's kind of through this lens of Jesus is Lord, Jesus is God. Um, so we see some some differences there between that and some of the other gospels. So super, super cool to just again remember that the disciples were okay, in that pause, I expected that you all said people. Remember, they're all people. Um, they're like us, they had some very different experiences. Um and we know that the Holy Spirit superintended all of their words, but I think it's just a really cool thing to think as well how their their personalities are still shine through their some of their preferences, their word choices. Um, reading Matthew in the original language versus reading John in the original language in Greek very different. You can tell there's a difference in who is writing them. Uh, John is one of the more simplistic writers in Greek. Um, Luke is one of the more um, one of the more <laughs> I guess the confusing is probably the wrong word. He's one of the more sophisticated writers. Um, and then Matthew kind of, and Mark kind of somewhere in the middle. But um, it's just a good reminder that um, the Spirit's working through these guys, but they are still, they're still men. Um, and it's, it's fun for us to think of that, in, even in our own ministries that we have too, that the Holy Spirit is not um, working through us to overcome our personality and somehow, some way work through muting our personality, uh, but remembering that God has created us the way that we are. And um, there's obviously the sinful tendencies that come with that, but there's a lot of good that he designed us with too. And it's fun to see how God can use those, those gifts, those passions, those personalities, those quirks even for his glory. Um, and that's what the Holy Spirit's able to do in us. So we see the same in uh, the, the apostles uh, in their writing. So I think that's, kind of as we think now about John 1 in terms of Christmas, it's kind of kind of gives us this lens to like he's like John is doing for the whole book. It should give us the lens of let, let's remember who Jesus is when we think about the Christmas story. Let's remember that he was God, that everything was created through him, um, that he is uh, that he is who he said he was by the end. Um, and let's try and think of that from the beginning. So knowing that he's our, our Lord, our Messiah, he's God, um, he's our Savior, how does that change the way that we look at the Christmas narrative? And I think the way that it really changes the way we look at the Christmas narrative is I think we should be just absolutely struck by the humility of Jesus in the Christmas narrative. 
um, the more traditional, you know, wise men, manger, um, shepherds, all that kind of thing. Let's remember that this this baby is uh, is God. That this this plan of coming to Earth this way um, decided well well in advance um, that it was decided that God would come and He would start as a as a baby in a manger. Um, let's just take a look at some of the things in John one that talk about who Jesus is, um, it says the word. So in this passage, the word is, is Jesus. It says the word was God. He was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made with, through him. Nothing was made apart from him. He was the light of men. Uh, he's the true light and he gives light to everyone. Um, he became, he dwelt among us. He, we've seen his glory, glory as of only the son from the father, He's full of grace and truth. From him, we have received grace upon grace. No one has ever seen God, the only God who's at the Father's side, he is, but Christ has made him known. That's who we're dealing with when we talk about this baby in the manger, that there was no, no, not even any room in the inn for him to be born, but that he went out to um, a place where animals were. And he chose to take on the form of a baby. Um, babies are very dependent creatures. Um, I know many of you know that very well. Um, he, he could have come in, in power and glory from the beginning. We know he had it. This passage tells us explicitly, but he chose to come as a baby and he chose to live a life similar to the one we live though without sin. Uh, that just shows just the incredible humility of our God. If you think through, Maybe some like Greek mythology, if any of you are very familiar. I'm not terribly familiar, but typically whenever a god shows up, it's in, you know, it's in a storm, it's in um, some terrifying way, all these kind of things. Like, it's kind of like, hey, look at me, I'm a big show. Or it's in secret and it's to be stealthy and it's to um, do evil without being known. So those are typically the ways you see God show up in uh, maybe other kind of religious experiences. But we see Jesus come in the most humble form um, as a baby who didn't have a place to be laid except for out in a manger. Um, it's really just a, an incredible reminder to us what the character of God is and who the character, what the character of Jesus is and really how that should affect how I view myself, how we all view ourselves. He came... Um, even though he's entitled to everything, he came with no entitlements. Uh, I think of all the things that I think that I'm entitled to. Uh, I, I think I'm entitled to generally good health. I think I'm entitled to um, my car working every morning when I wake up. I'm, I'm entitled to not too much noise from the neighbors. I'm entitled to everybody on the road treating me with respect. I'm entitled to um, being able to do my work and it not be difficult or there not to be problems, all these things. And you can fill in the blank for yourself. Uh, we really are entitled folks. We, whether we realize it or not, and whether it's what you typically think of as an entitlement with, you know, wealth or riches, we all have things that we feel really entitled to. And we get really upset when we don't think that we get what we deserve. It's such a good time to remember that the only thing we deserve um, based on our actions as people is separation from God and God's judgment. That's that's what we're entitled to, and uh, we have we have the right to stand up for what we're entitled to. But 
Uh, I, I praise God that he gives us far more than we're entitled to. And even though it's not, uh, it doesn't always, we don't always realize the full blessing of it moment by moment, but we have a hope awaiting us uh, in, in heaven and in the new creation uh, where we will, we will get everything we were never entitled to. Nothing that we deserve, um, but just gifts based on grace. And Jesus is a perfect example of how we should walk through our lives in terms of our entitlement. He literally is entitled to everything good and everything good he created, um, but he didn't even demand it for himself. Like the good things he created, a warm bed, warmth in general. Uh, he didn't demand those things. He didn't demand a, a nice place to lay his head, um, even though he created our, the bodies that need a nice place to lay their head. Um, you can kind of go down the spiral of all that and get lost for a while, but it's just such a good reminder for us that um, the most amazing being that has lived on earth as a human um, was felt entitled to nothing, um, but he only came to uh, deliver truth, love, grace, to exhibit the character of God. Um, he came for us. Uh, he didn't, he didn't come for any sort of, uh, ego trip. He came for us. And ultimately that, that coming resulted in a, a painful death. Um, but we know that he didn't stay dead and that he rose again and, uh, we get to enjoy him forever. So just a good thought during this holiday season to remember just the humility that Christ brings, uh, in the narrative. When we hear that story, just remember, this is God. This is the person who created all things. This is the person that's been here from the beginning. And this is what he's going through. This is what he's willing to endure. This is his character. He's humble. And so just to finish up today, um, just to think about, as we think about the Advent. So Advent is what we call this season. So Advent, in case you'd ever wondered what it meant, I have. It means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. That's the general meaning. And then in our world, it means the coming or second coming of Christ. So when we talk about Advent season, we're celebrating the advent of Christ that in a really important person came and uh, also some really important events in his life too. Um, but that's what we remember during Advent is that something important is happening. Someone important is coming. And I think we can't help but take time to just ponder on the second Advent as well. So this is Jesus' first foray into the earth. Um, he has promised that he will have another. Um, and when he comes again, he's not coming as a little baby. I'll tell you that. Um, he will come more like, uh, he'll come like the John Jesus rather than like the Matthew or Luke Jesus. Um, he's going to come as the word of God. He's going to come as um, a person of judgment. Um, though those who have believed in him will be, um, will be vindicated of that judgment because of his work. Um, but it's a good time as we think about the first time he came to think about the second time he came and it, it seems so far away and it, I'm not saying it's going to happen in our lifetime. Pretty much everybody from, uh, let's see, the disciples thought he was going to come back in their lifetime. So we're talking like 30, 40 AD. So close to 2000 years, pretty much everybody has thought that he was going to come back during their lifetime. I'm not saying he won't. Obviously, that is completely up to the Trinity up there. But uh, I'm not even saying he's going to come and we should be you know, ready every day that he's going to show up. But really just more out of a heart of, of gratitude and more out of a heart of eager expectation and a heart of 
Um, I'd say endurance. Um, when, when I think about the second advent, it, it fills me with joy um, that Jesus is going to come back. It's kind of scary too, I think, in a weird way. Um, and I think that the more time passes, the more you experience life. And I'm sure many of you feel this way. The more you're like, yeah, I think I'm ready. Um, he can come back whenever. I don't have anything else I need to experience. There's lots of things I'd like to experience still in this life. But I think what really just grows on me is the realization that nothing that I experience here on this earth will come close to matching what we'll get to experience forever with him. Um, and so just that expectation, that eager expectation, um, and just reflecting to that when he comes, we won't have to live in any sort of fear. When Jesus comes, that's, that's our team. Our team is showing up. Our team leader, our team captain is showing up and he's about to, to win us the game. Um, and it's such a, such a joy, such a blessing to think about such a, miraculous, mighty, awe-inspiring event, and to know we're on the right side all because of what Jesus has done. And that brings me a great amount of comfort. And then I hope, too, for all of us, um, regardless of it's Christmas season or not, that the second Advent brings us this spirit of endurance as well. Um, It can be so easy, so easy to just get weighed down um, by the but things going on in the world, both personally and the world at large, um, even the, specifically the Christmas season. And this year, I think as much as ever, Kim is so stressful and there's so many things to navigate. And uh, are we traveling? Are we seeing family? Um, are we risking getting someone sick? Um, what are they doing? Should they be doing that? Should I be doing that? Um, all that, those kind of things that go into the Christmas season that bring us this stress and we get so focused, we get so narrow-minded, so um, kind of put our blinders on. We forget the bigger picture. Uh, we forget that there's a purpose to it all. There's a purpose to the things we go through that God allows us to go through because he's using that to create in us a, a character, hopefully, that is growing more and more into the image of Christ. But I hope that as we face difficulties, whether large or small. And I know many of you are facing large difficulties um, and that's not to um, make those seem small or um, insignificant. They are, they're significant to you. They're significant to God too. He doesn't like to see us go through difficulty though. What we see is that he uses those to grow us, but whether it's large or small, what we're going through, just having in the back of our mind, no, rather the front of our mind that, um, there's going to be an end to it all. And really the, our time here on earth is just kind of a blip on the radar. It's, it's a second in time in comparison to eternity with Jesus. We get to be with him forever and it'll, it'll all seem so short at, at one point, even though it seems so long right now, it'll seem like it was forever ago and that it was so small. Just keeping that eternal perspective that, to, to walk through whatever life throws at us with um, with a character that seeks the Lord, a character that seeks Lord, what would you have me do in the midst of this? Uh, uh, just a posture of, of humility and wanting to learn and grow. That can get us through a lot. And uh, having our eyes on the prize is really important if we're going to make it through the ups and downs of, of this life. So I just encourage you all as we reflect on Advent uh, over the next week and a half or so, a couple weeks, um, that not only do we thank God for what he's done already, thank God that for the example that he showed in, in how he came, 
uh, to earth, um, even not even just the way he was born, but the life he lived, but that we also reflect on the second advent and re remind ourselves, this is just the first time that Jesus has come. There will be another time. And when he comes, he's going to make all things right um, in, a, in a whole new way. And we get to look forward to that. We get to enjoy him forever. And um, hopefully until that time, we tell as many people about it as possible because they're also going to be want, want to be on our, our team when that happens. And we want them on our team and we want uh, the Lord to be glorified in the whole earth. So I hope that's a, a helpful Christmas message for you this week. Um, it's just a really special time spiritually, but it can get so overwhelmed by the, the social component of Christmas. I hope you'll take some time to reflect both on the first advent and the second advent to remember that Christ's humility, um, and then also just take some time to remember his status. Um, and that's kind of really reflects onto the humility of the advent is, is his status as the creator, the one who's been there forever, fully God, the light of life, the one who brings grace and truth to all men. That's the person who came and uh, slept in a manger with some animals around. Um, that's our king. That's uh, the one who's going to return. And so I hope it's helpful and I uh, hope you have just blessed time with family during this time. I hope that Christmas is a good time for those of you family members who, who don't believe just to be able to have some conversation uh, about who Jesus is. Hope you all stay safe, um, both with uh, tr any travel you do, obviously hope you stay well and not sick. Uh, we're going to get through it. We're getting there. Uh, I want to thank you all too, just for your investment in uh, SR Kids since I've been here. Um, this, I was coming to the end of the first calendar year that I've been here. I've just enjoyed you so much. I've enjoyed this aspect of it too, getting to hopefully encourage, develop, um, just tell you a little bit about what's going on in some Bible passages. And I've really enjoyed it a lot. I hope you have too. And uh, I look forward to seeing most of you on Sunday. And then after that, have a Merry Christmas.